On episode 332 of Nintendo Switchcraft, Nintendo pulls a game off the eShop. Randy Pitchford wants a certain game on the Nintendo Switch, plus the games that I have been playing, that stuff, and more stuff on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. Stick around. Welcome back to Nintendo Switchcraft. It is brought to you live three times a week on Tuesdays, Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. You can tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Matt H. Get Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar by heading on over to patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Let's get started. When you've lost your last man... Hold A and B to continue where you left off. Do this before the title screen appears. Do this before the title screen appears. Uh, Apparently, they didn't wait for the title screen to appear. Nintendo decided to pull a game off of the eShop. This is according to, excuse me, Eurogamer. Uh, Nintendo had a... uh, had a game on the eShop and it has been removed because of an Easter egg that the developer had put in. Uh, the e- Easter egg was basically the ability to create apps on the Switch. So uh, it's basically Ruby. Uh, Ruby is a programming language and uh, this game called, it's, it's basically a role-playing text adventure and it was called A Dark Room uh, it was on the eShop on the, well, um, hmm. oh, it was taken off of the eShop on April 26th, only two weeks after it launched. He uh, revealed that he had put in a secret Ruby editor, uh, which is basically like this limited coding environment in the game. And very, very quickly, <clears throat> uh, Nintendo said, I don't think so, pal. Uh, in order to, if you have the game, A Dark Room, in order to use it, uh, all you have to do is plug in a USB keyboard and hit the tilde button. And that's that little squiggly thing to the left of the one. And it would basically allow you to start editing things in Ruby on your Nintendo Switch. Now, why would Nintendo do this? Why would they take it off? Well, <sighs> I think I'm going to try and play devil's advocate here. Uh, on one hand, well, let, let's let's do some mustache twirling. Let's pretend that we're evil Nintendo with fangs and horns and a goatee or whatever. Because, you know, goatees are inherently evil. If you're not sure, just ask Star Trek. Um, but if we're, if we're saying that Nintendo's evil for doing this, then what's their motivation? Their motivation is because people might be able to sideload games that they didn't pay for onto the Nintendo Switch and therefore get around some some semblance of DRM that Nintendo has. Is that a possibility? Absolutely. It's absolutely a possibility that Nintendo didn't want that to happen, so they said, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, not on my watch, and they yanked a dark room off of of the eShop. However, there's another way to look at it that I think is probably more reasonable. 
Uh, actually, a couple of ways. Let's say that Nintendo's not necessarily the bad guy here, and I'm not saying that the developer of A Dark Room is the bad guy either. In fact, I'm not really saying that not every story has to have a bad guy. Uh, but I guess I'm not saying that Nintendo's the bad guy here because they're protecting people from bricking their systems. If you don't know what you're doing and you're writing code, just messing around through this game, and then your system gets bricked because of some unintended consequences, then I think that you might be upset, and then you might try and send it to Nintendo and have Nintendo say, oh, well, you voided the warranty by doing this, um, so we're not going to honor the warranty and we're not going to fix your system. Then they've got a PR nightmare on their hands. The option, the other option is for them to have to fix a, a, a system that has been bricked because you did something that you probably weren't really supposed to do. And now that's costing them money. So that's one way that Nintendo is actually being the good guy here. Another way that Nintendo might be being the good guy might be being the good guy. Hmm. That sentence didn't work, but you know what I mean. Another way that they are being the good guy is people could use this in order to uh, cheat in video games. I, look, I am not a programmer. I know a little tiny bit of programming. Um, what the hell language do I use? I can't even remember. It's not Ruby. It's been so long. It's a Python. I know a little tiny bit of Python and a little tiny bit of Swift. Uh, and, and that's it. Um, so, so maybe what I'm saying is not possible, but people could use this, this Ruby interpreter to code their way into getting around countermeasures that Nintendo has in order to prevent people from cheating in online games. So I think that Nintendo probably did the right thing by doing this. And I, I, I honestly, I don't know how I feel about it because, you know, I've got, I'm sitting here, I've got my iPad and my iPad has uh, things on it or, or apps on it that are designed to let me write code. I don't really do it, but they're like, there's things on there that are designed to let me program uh, in Python and like that Apple allows that stuff on the app store, but maybe it's because this developer didn't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Didn't uh, instigate, not instigate, didn't indicate. There we go. Uh, they didn't indicate the fact that this was part of their game. And so I think Nintendo is like, well, that's breaking the rules. So we have to take your game off of the thing by because you were trying to be sneaky about it. So there's a whole bunch of different ways to, to look at this. And um, Circle Entertainment, the, the developer who made the game, uh, basically says they deeply regret how this is blown up. It was supposed to be a simple toy. Uh, where did it go? A simple toy sandboxed environment has been framed as this massive exploit. And of course, it's the community that exploits these things that push it up to that level. I'm partly to blame with my sensational media posts. Uh, I acted alone and stupidly. Stupidly, It was the last second spark of inspiration, and I snuck it in, assuming that plugging a USB key...
keyboard and pressing the tilde wasn't part of the test plan. Uh, he then goes on to say, having circled deal with some of this cannon fire is not something I'd ever want. The past three days have been the worst days of my life, and I don't know what to say except that I'm sorry. All I ever wanted to do is allow kids and coding adults that have forgotten the joy to discover what I discovered 25 years ago. Um, the narrative that has played out online is exactly what's wrong with the trash can fire of a world. Everyone is an armchair expert. Everyone's thought, everyone thought the worst. You've seen that I've been called a, uh, an idiot and everything in between because sensationalized new cells. If the narrative was, I added a sandbox to a dark room that lets you mod the game or provide a medium for kids to code and technical parents to show their kids what they do, it would have gone unnoticed. Okay. I get what you're saying. I, I get what he's saying. And you know what? If that's your goal, and I'm not saying that that this isn't his goal, because I it seems like the guy's got a pretty good argument. I just wanted kids to be able to play with programming. And that is something that I think needs to happen. Absolutely, 100% needs to happen. Uh, we need kids to learn how to program. Kids live in a world that is fundamentally based on technology and to them, that technology is pretty much magic because they have no idea how it works. I know that there's a lot of people out there who are wrong about this, by the way. And they say, no, 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 kids understand technology. No, they don't. They know how to use their phones. They know how to look up stuff on the internet. They do not understand technology inherently just because they are what, what a lot of people call a digital native. It is very important that kids learn how technology works and programming should be taught in every single school, starting from the lowest possible uh, grade all the way through every single year. All right. So don't think for a second that I don't agree with what this guy has said. Okay. I completely agree with what he said, but what he should have done instead is make a Ruby uh, editor and sell that for whatever the price should be on the Nintendo Switch so that Nintendo knew exactly what it's for, they could see what its limitations were, and they could see that it's not going to be used as an exploit to ruin this or ruin that. That's what he should have done. Instead, he tried to sneak it in, and while I don't doubt that his motives were were pure and true doing it that way kind of colors the whole thing with this tone that is not pure and not true and it makes it seem bad and i think that might be the reason why nintendo ended up deciding to yank it from there uh only nintendo knows i'm sorry that this guy uh has had the worst three days of his life that that's definitely uh less than optimal uh, but what I would recommend that they do is talk to Nintendo and say, hey, is there a way that you would allow us to make a, uh, uh, a, uh, a Ruby editor so that kids can learn how to, they can use the technology that they already have to learn how to program? Because that is definitely something that needs to happen without a doubt.
What do you guys think? Let me know. You can uh, tweet at me at RunJumpStomp. Use the hashtag Nintendo Switchcraft to let me know your opinion on whether or not Nintendo is in the wrong about whether or not they should have taken this off uh, the eShop. All right. Uh, hashtag Nintendo Switchcraft. I'm at RunJumpStomp on Twitter. Uh, let me know your thoughts. The more game cartridges a video game system plays, the more fun it is. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. So speaking of getting more games on a system, uh, at Duval Magic, who's also known as Randy Pitchford, He's uh, the guy who's kind of behind the Borderlands series. Uh, he recently was asked a question. And I, I, I first off, you know, before I get to the question, I love that people are asking these developers questions and the developers are answer, answering them. Now, maybe it's kind of a PR answer. Who knows? But I do like that. Like, this is one of the benefits of social media is that the people who we want to talk to are far more accessible now than they ever have been in the past. I know that that there's always a story out there of somebody who wrote a letter to Nintendo and Nintendo answered back because Nintendo's really good about that stuff. But most companies aren't. And uh, we live in this world where like everybody's on Twitter. And uh, if you're not on Twitter, don't don't yell at me. Okay. But like there's lots of people on Twitter these days and you can just easily contact them. And that's awesome. So, uh, at the KMJC, uh, said at Duval magic, is there any chance to see the Borderlands series on, excuse me, I burped my bad, uh, on Nintendo switch. And he replied, I would love to see that happen. And then people were, of course, were like, well, then can you make that happen? I would love to buy it. Can you please, 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 Borderlands, we want it on the Switch? I would buy it in a heartbeat. And here's the reason. I've never played Borderlands. I've heard fantastic things about Borderlands. It's like Diablo with guns. And I am a guy who loves, I love Diablo. That game is fantastic. Huge, huge fan of Diablo. Diablo... As a shooter, that sounds so good to me. Why I've never played it, I don't really have an excuse. All right? Uh, I don't have an excuse, except that I I guess at the time when the original Borderlands game came out, I didn't have a computer that could run it, or I was too obsessed with World of Warcraft at the time, or something. Whatever the reason is, I have not played 
uh, Borderlands or Borderlands 2. And I'm sure Borderlands 3 is coming soon. Uh, or I know that it is coming soon. Uh, but Borderlands 1 and 2, they would be great on the Nintendo Switch. And I would buy them in a heartbeat on the Nintendo Switch. And I would love to play them on the Nintendo Switch. So, Mr. Randy Pitchford, I think you know what you got to do. You got to get your team working on a port. Or, you know what, hire... who? Who's the... Uh, I'm going to ask chat because I can't remember. Who is the team... That is responsible for porting Doom to the Nintendo Switch. Oh, Panic Button. I remember now. Uh, Panic Button. They did a great job on Doom. They did a great job on Rocket League. Give them access to um, uh, Borderlands and get them to port it to the Switch. Because there's a lot of people out there who are pretty much solely Nintendo people. I'm not one of them. I play a lot of different styles of video games. But they're solely Nintendo people, and they only have a Nintendo console, and they've never had a chance to play Borderlands. And they're probably missing out on, from what I hear, is a fantastic game. So, uh, Mr. Duval, I, or <laughs> Duval, Mr. Pitchford, I, I hope you're listening. I, I really, really want to play Borderlands on the Switch. And I think a lot of other people do, too. So that's the new Super Nintendo Entertainment System. What about it? They say it has 16-bit technology, whatever that means. Oh, I see. What else do they say? That it has 3D graphics and digital stereo sound, and that Super Mario World is included. Okay, okay, we'll get it for them. All right, listen, I'm ta- I want to talk about a game that looks like it came from the Super Nintendo. It, it, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous game. It's got a wonderfully awesome soundtrack that is just like a cool synth wave soundtrack. And it's got a, a, a an awesome 80s and 90s neon, uh, super saturated colors look to it. And it is a siler. And it is called Black Paradox for the Nintendo Switch. This thing is so 80s that you are driving a flying... DeLorean through space, uh, shooting stuff out of the front of it. Uh, this game is so incredibly fun that if you have not played it, I'm going to throw some, um, some footage up for you guys to see right now. Uh, this game is so fun. You have got to check out Black Paradox on the Nintendo Switch. I think it comes out on May 2nd. Uh, I ha- I did have a review copy and I've been playing it, uh, since yesterday uh, so I, I'm not too far in. I think I've killed two of the bosses so far. I think that there are... How do I... I think there's like eight bosses in the game. And it's it's a very, very fun, fun game. Uh, it's got that great soundtrack as well as awesome graphics. And if this sounds... If, if you liked Super R-Type or R-Type or uh, Life Force or any of those games from the Super Nintendo era, then Black Paradox is definitely a game that you want to check out. I hope that they have a demo when the game launches because it's the kind of game that you definitely want to uh, want to try. Because if you don't like bullet hell shooters, then you probably won't like Black Paradox. But I'm not a huge fan of bullet hell shooters. This is mild on the bullet hell, at least the first two levels have been. Uh, but it's it's really, really good. Uh, let's talk about another retro style game that I played yesterday, and that is a game called Venture 
Kid. Uh, Venture Kid is basically uh, like a Mega Man game. It, it plays like a Mega Man game. It looks like... It doesn't look like a Mega Man game, which is odd to say. I feel like it looks more like Adventure Island, just in the their color choices and the what's the word I'm looking for uh, the 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 environment that you're in because there's it's not like all cityscapes and and metal all over the place. It's more like you're out in the woods and uh, you know you fight a giant cat and things like that. Uh, but it plays like Mega Man. And you end up, as, as you play through the game, you end up um, getting new weapons that you can switch to. So I'm, st- I'm still only on the first level of the game, but it was like uh, I beat the first level and I got a boomerang. And then on the second level, I had the boomerang as an option and you hit the L or the R button. I can't remember which in order to switch to a different weapon. And then as you switch to a different weapon... Uh, you know, the boomerang has a certain number of times that you can use it. So there's kind of like a risk reward system. The boomerang felt much more powerful to me than my default blaster, but I ran out of ammo for it very, very quickly. So you want to save that boomerang for certain things. And one of the things that you can do is you can, you can reach things that you couldn't otherwise reach. So for instance, um, there was like some boxes and on the other side of the boxes was a heart or uh, or um, a little power pellet that you end up picking up. Uh, I'm not really sure what they're for yet because, again, I'm very early on in the game um, and you can't get to it without the boomerang. You have to have the boomerang to get to it. So if you used up all of your boomerang throws by the time you get there and this is what happened to me, then you can't get those things which can be a little frustrating, but you can always go back and, and try again. Uh, Venture Kid was 10 bucks on the Nintendo Switch eShop, and Black Paradox is 15 bucks on the Nintendo Switch eShop. I did receive both of them as review copies, but this isn't an ad or anything. Um, I'm, I think that they're both really fun games. If you had to like uh, pin me down and make me decide between them, I would personally, for me, probably pick Black Paradox, even though it's um, 50% more expensive. I liked the gameplay more, but if you are somebody who like really likes Mega Man gameplay, then you probably want to go with Venture Kid and save yourself five bucks. Uh, either way, those are those are both really fun games, and I was I was happy to play them. If you want to check out my first looks. For those, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash runjumpstomp if you're listening to this. And if you're if you're watching this, then you can probably just, you know, if you haven't hit subscribe yet, what are you doing? Hit subscribe, hit the bell, and then you can watch more videos after you're done with this one. Um, speaking of videos, I have uh, another video. I have a video series that has been coming out over the last week and a half or so. Um, it is my top 50 games on the Nintendo Switch. So far, the videos that have released have been 50 through 41, 40 uh, through 31, and 30 through 21. There's two more videos left in the series. 20 through 11 will release tomorrow at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. Make sure that you check that out. And then I think my top 10 will come out next week 
on Monday, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, but they're both already up there. And if you go to my YouTube channel, you can click on them and hit a little reminder so that it'll, it'll let you know when they're go- when those videos come out. Um, it was really, really fun making my top 50 list. And I think it might be something that I end up doing every year, but I, I haven't decided yet. Uh, this is going to be weird because we never wrap up this soon. But guess what? It's a light news day. And uh, I also didn't get any feedback on Twitter this week or, uh, well, since Saturday. So because of that, it's time to wrap up the show. Let the Radio Shack TRS-80 put the world of color computing into your home. All right. Speaking of color computing, uh, that's a terrible segue. I don't have a color computing segue. So instead of a segue, I'm just going to say I want to thank Kia Gaming 32, Dolph Anden, uh, Hidden Stage and Toasty Ryan for their five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate uh, that you guys take the time out of your day and let me know what you think. Those five-star reviews are awesome. I really appreciate it. And if you want me to thank you on the show uh, in that same way, then just go review the show. Five stars. It really does help. Uh, outro. It's time for the outro. If you want to become part of this community, and you absolutely should because it's filled with awesome, fun people who like the same thing that you do, Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash discord. You can also watch the show live with other awesome nerds uh, over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. So get in there, join the nerd nest. Uh, Get a hold of me by uh, Twitter at runjumpstomp. Use the hashtag Nintendo Switchcraft and have your voice heard on the show. And don't forget that if you send in your voicemail through the Anchor app, which is super easy, uh, send in the voicemail through the Anchor app. And I will play it on the show. Uh, thank you guys very much for all the feedback, all of the support. I very, very much appreciate it. Thank you to the patrons. This show wouldn't be possible without you guys. Thank you to the people who subscribe on Twitch. Uh, I really appreciate that. And I also want to thank uh, the people who are choosing to support the podcast through uh, Anchor. And if you don't like listening to the ads, just a quick reminder, you can get all of my shows ad-free by joining the Patreon All right, I want to thank Noteblock for letting me use their music on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. Uh, Make sure that you check out their stuff. This is their Corneria remix uh, by Noteblock. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.